afraid that it'll cost them their ministry, you know, mm-hmm. even, it, even something as simple as what television show you like or mm-hmm. how you discipline your children or, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not you choose, you know, to be vegan. It's, mm-hmm. it's just all under, in a fishbowl. It's all critiqued. That probably would get us fired in Amarillo. So. What? If Going we were vegan? Lots of meat eaters up there, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of meat big, producers. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's yeah. a big cattle. I think Reese might disown us. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jody. And you welcome to the Unremarkable Podcast. This is season two. Season two. Uh, the, the premiere of season two. I know. Two. We have double digits and now we're rolling into another That's season. right. And uh, so really just a little bit of, um, of uh, what's the word? Not recap. recap. No, that's not the word I was trying to come up with. A little bit of just confession. Okay. Like we're, we're starting, we're calling it season two, but really we just needed to take a couple months off. Well, okay. I mean, to be honest, like we had so we were so busy. Yeah, we've, we've been chasing kids and all their activities, and, and right. we, we went to the other side of the earth. Yeah, so <laughs> um, so now that we're kind of back, we wanted to kind of uh, move into a new phase yeah. of uh, the unremarkable, unremarkable podcast. You've heard about Jody and I and our lives, and obviously that will kind of continue. But we thought it'd be so cool to start talking with some other folks and some other pastors and other pastors' families. Well, we want you to know it's not just us. There's this is it, We are speaking a confession of our ministry as family, but it's not, it's not just the Powells. It's, you know, the pastor in Arizona. It's the pastor in Alaska. It's the pastor in Maine. It's, you know, That's it's right. everywhere. Yeah, and so um, to kick off Season 2, Episode 1, uh, we have some of our dear friends uh, who originated from West Virginia— a neighboring state to Kentucky, where I'm from. Uh, this is Andy Dehart and his wife Megan. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks, thanks for having for us. Thanks for having us. Do what now? I said we're delighted. Yeah. So, do you remember at all? I was trying to think about this, Andy, earlier <laughs> uh, about the first time we really kind of met each other. Do you remember? Were we at Wedgwood? No, no. <laughs> we didn't meet you at Wedgwood, but we saw you at Wedgwood. Uh oh, that so, sounds sketchy. So. <laughs> Well, no, we have to be real on this podcast. <laughs> so we we got to Fort Worth in July, mm-hmm. and we knew uh, there were two people in college that, that mentored us, or mentored me, and, and, and they were kind of who influenced us to check out Southwestern, and, and, uh, and they both went to Wedgwood. Oh. So, so we went to Wedgwood... When we visited Southwestern in the spring of 2004, and Randall preached. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. okay. And then... That's Randall Lyle. Yes, Randall yeah. Lyle, who's the pastor at Meadow Ridge. And so then we we came in July, and Megan... Oh, yeah. Well, I, no, I mean, both of us could not handle the singing during the sermon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of, of Brother Al. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it, it felt... That's so funny. <laughs> It, it, it felt like everybody else was in a musical. Yeah, yeah. And nobody cleaned us in. Right? Like, there was no... That's so good! Th- there was no warning on the video screen. Nothing. Nothing in the bulletin. Hey. I didn't know we and were, so, like, going to reach out and hold a hand. I didn't know. <laughs> so we did Sunday morning... Megan was like, I can't. We, we can't go back there. And I was like, well, let's go back in the evening... Just maybe maybe this is maybe maybe something new, sing. right? Maybe it's, so. We go back Sunday evening. And it's probably worse. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So Always. so she is like, you know, I mean, like sweaty palms, super nervous, and I'm just like, I I wasn't sure if we were going to pass Kool Aid around later. You know, I mean, I just it was it was it was it was different. And but then they had y'all come up to be prayed for. Yeah, and. Because uh, because they were sending you guys out to go help Meadow Ridge and to, yeah. to treat it as a replant, and we thought that's really cool mm-hmm. and it's closer to the seminary, so let's give it a shot. So then, the, our first Sunday at Meadow Ridge was y'all's was first, first Sunday. Wow! At Ridge. Wow! And Casey Skipper, Casey Skipper, welcome to came up to us, and I remember it like as only Casey could do. <laughs> found our found our life story in yeah. five minutes, and I. 
I know I met Randall, and I think you and I mm-hmm. met There's, there's well. a good chance, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just a few weeks later, I mean... You know, we Jumped were, we were completely that. in the fabric. Wow, that's so cool. Like, we didn't, we, we didn't oh, wow. visit any other mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. So. It, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, Jody and I struggled with that at first when we went to Wedgwood. And then the longer we were there, the more Al singing in his sermons became just a part. Like, we became a part of the, sure. I don't know, the we culture, kinda, yeah. if you will. But the first time, I'll never forget, the first sermon I ever sat through with Al preaching, and I love Al Meredith, by the way, so don't anybody... Say, yeah, no, that was... He's incredible. But Al, I remember we're sitting hilarious. in there, we're sitting there, and he'd been preaching for like five minutes, and then he starts singing this song, and I remember looking at Jody like, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> is this is this the invitation? Is it time to go? Like, okay, and I was standing up, and like, and then everybody else starts singing like they know what's going what on. Do? Yeah, what no, that's Jesus, a, yeah, like no, that. that's yeah. so funny yeah. that you guys would say that. <laughs> Tell us, uh, I, I, let's kind of get started just a little oh, bit. Uh, you know, readers digest a, as much as you can this story, but. Tell us a little bit about your call to ministry, and and I'd love to hear that from Each both of, you of your perspectives. Right. Like, Definitely. what did that look like, and how did you feel, and what did you think about that? So, so both of us grew up in the church, mm-hmm. and uh, I walked the aisle at eight and was baptized because that's what you do when you grow up in a Baptist church. Um, but I was not a believer, and mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> you know, in in middle school and going into high school, I mean, my gods were sports girls and alcohol and then, mm-hmm. then eventually drugs mm-hmm. and 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 so at 17 um i was at a track practice skipping for distance <clears throat> and trying to impress some girls that were there and i skipped too far stepped on a guy's foot dislocated my kneecap uh, that led to three knee surgeries led wow. to a complete questioning of who i was uh in in my life uh, I was encouraged by my pastor to, to read John, Acts, and Romans. Um, and, and so reading through John, uh, that's not youth group Jesus, right? Like the, yeah. right. the claims of Jesus and John are, are, are different. Um, right. Acts was, I mean, it was, I mean, it's kind of my personality. I love history, so I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. But, the, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I get to Romans, and mm. I mean, it's just chapter after chapter of this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. And then Romans 8, 1, there is now therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I was just, as a 17-year-old, I felt the weight of the gospel for the first time. Wow. Mm. So become a believer. Uh, we'd actually started dating right before that, which... Oh, so you were high school Which, So wait, yeah. so you were yeah. trying to impress yeah. girls while dating Megan. Well, no, 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 because the knee surgery happened a little bit later. Um... So, you know, now she was, I mean, she was missionary dating, which she should not have been. I and, didn't know and I Reese was. And Reese Piper, if you listen to the show, you should not know that. He told me otherwise, so, so I'm an yeah. That's a phrase our people meant, a missionary dating. <laughs> sure, like, like a yeah, believer dating, a believer dating an unbeliever. Things. Yeah, to help him. To help, we're going we're gonna to save him. <laughs> we just, you got to be careful. <laughs> I will yes. say, in the beginning, though, I didn't know because you didn't let me know that. In the beginning was the word. I was, in the I was, I was. In the beginning, he said, um, "Well, maybe you didn't even say it." I think you I was just the played president. the part very well. I think I was the president of the youth group. He was, and I just assumed. Yes. Well, y'all in the same church? You grew up in the same church? Well, I grew up in a different one. Yeah, we had a church split. Oh, nice. And then my family started going I to see. his church. So yeah, we met in youth group. Yeah. Okay. Did so y'all go to the same? Y'all go to the same high school though, right? We did. We did. Oh. So you started dating. We did. Yeah. So we, we started dating. And so, so we're going through my physical history as, as well as my spiritual. <laughs> um, so with the first dislocation of the kneecap, I had to get a first. a oh. full leg cast, like from so hip, like a peg leg. From, from hip all the way down to ankle. Um, and then, so, so that was at the track practice. Uh, and then I had another one later at a, at a JV football game. I wasn't supposed to be at. Because they were going to use me more on Friday for the varsity game, but I snuck onto the bus because I didn't want to go to practice. I'd rather play in a football game, and at that football game, I dislocated it again, and that's what led to the surgery, which is we had started dating by that point. I was actually hungover on our first date. Um, oh wow! Did you know? Um, I I guess I did when I walked downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Because he was just laying here's, there. And I'll here's play. here's the depths of my depravity. So are we gonna go? The depth the depths <laughs> of my depravity. Okay. I. I so my my buddies in high school 
you know, we would, we wanted to be safe in our debauchery. Sure. So we always had a designated driver. Yeah. Sure. So I never got my driver's license. So that way I never had to be the designated driver. Yeah. Wow. That's clever. So, uh-huh. Always so, thinking. He's always a thinker. So for the early part of our relationship, she was always driving because yes. I couldn't drive. Oh, wow. That's clever. Yeah. Clever. So anyway, so so come to faith. Um, get really into, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis, uh, Philip Yancey. Um, you know, I'm just reading anything I can get my hands on. <clears throat> Go to college thinking. Uh, I was a history major, so thinking law school. Uh, and then I... I, I it, the Lord's starting to work in my heart towards some sort of type of service, and I think, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll be a, a history teacher and, and a coach. I can I can impact lives that way, um, and and it was one of those things of of people kept coming around me and saying, hmm. "You've got a gift, hmm. like like you know you you should you should use this for more than than what you're using it for," hmm. and I was just I was like I can't I mean like I was such a hypocrite and and so just so bad right and um and then our, our pastor in college i mean he, he's like andy look uh if if the call to ministry was based on the history of the person no one would be called to ministry right. yeah. and and you know and, and, and he took me to first timothy and he said i mean paul made it clear paul made it clear that uh he was the chief of sinners, yeah, and God saved him, yeah, to magnify the power of His grace, right. and, and so if 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 Jesus is going to do that for Paul, He can do that through you right. as well, and so so through that, I I really started getting the sense of yeah, I, I think I'm called to ministry, uh, you know what that looks like, I I don't know. Right. How did you as he was wrestling through all this, Megan? How did you process that? Well, but. <laughs> Because I'm so introspective, a lot of this wrestling I know. She she no. was probably uh-huh. not done no. with her. I mean, I saw him meeting with our pastor and asking questions and all of that, but it wasn't even a... We didn't talk about it for a long time. I mean, and I always grew up in the church. I was in leadership in the church. Like, I just assumed, I'll do something. Right. Volunteer something. Some I don't know yeah. that I knew I would be a pastor's wife, per se, but... So when was the moment did, that that you were like, this is the path we're going, this is where I'm headed? Are you in? Are you in? There was no like angel singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like I, I, I just <laughs> it, it, by by the beginning of my junior year of college, I knew that but that, that seminary was the we next step for me. So so you just went to you're over dinner one day and you're like, I'm going to start looking at seminaries. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel I, I like he had so. said I, I'm. I feel like I'm called to the ministry, but it wasn't yeah. a. It was almost like I knew this is where this was going. Right. So it wasn't yeah. a. Oh my gosh! Like I thought you were going to be a lawyer. You know, like I never. Yeah. It was because a big I pulled shock. the bait and switch on Jody. Yeah, yeah I know. Okay. This wasn't a big. Yeah, shock. like she thought she was marrying a doctor. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of what I said. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. No, well, I mean she I... could still marry a doctor. I mean, just not that kind of doctor. Yeah, yeah. She she wants me to get my doctorate, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I think it was a, <laughs> a casual conversation, but it wasn't a yeah. big, you know, because. Well, I mean, you got a history degree with psychology, so we knew <laughs> something's after this. <laughs> something, there's something else. There's, a, there's another step. There had to be. There yes. has to be so, because I'm majoring in photography, can... and that's not going to do much. Oh. And then we have this, so, you know. How did you feel about being, I mean, did you even think about being a, a family, a pastor, a, no, a pastor's wife? I don't uh, think I put all the pieces together. Okay. Because... I'm trying to think. I mean, Debbie and Joel at our church, they just seemed so put together. Mm-hmm. And even <laughs> Ed and his wife seemed so put together. I thought, well, I mean, if this is going to be life, it doesn't look too bad because no one, no one talks, yeah. no one talks about right, right, this yeah. stuff, right, in your house. What the pastor is dealing with because you can't talk to people about mm-hmm. that, right? So there was nothing else for me to see other than. 
This doesn't seem too bad, you know. So tell me now, how? So you've been, you you've been in full time vocational ministry, Andy, for how many years now? Have you thought about it? Yeah, Seven, well, so, 12, so since twelve years easily. January of two thousand and eight was full time. So yeah, in this January it'll be been, twelve years. Yeah, but, but, you, you know I had been. Yeah, I, mean, I was. You an I was, intern at Betteridge. Your intern. <laughs> it was my intern at Betteridge. I was. I was, I was Assistant to the regional manager at Metteridge <laughs> Community Baptist Church. Yeah. Um, my, my, listen, at Metteridge, my title, my, I don't know if you ever knew my official title. My official title was uh, Associate Pastor for Teaching and Discipleship. There you go. So you were the in, you were the intern to Associate yes. Pastor. To the, I, I need to look at my resume because I still put that on my resume. Yeah. You know, I, I still hey, it, was a, it was a big deal. And then I was, I was the interim youth pastor at our college church uh, for, for about a year um, because their, their youth pastor had left. Uh, to pastor a, a church, and uh, and they actually wanted us to stay. They wanted to make yeah. me the, the full time youth pastor. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so, been twelve so, years. So of let's full-time say twelve ministry. years of full time ministry. Yeah. Now, for you guys, as as uh, twelve years of full time ministry, how has the reality compared to what you thought it was going to look like mm-hmm. on the front end? It's a lot harder. Oh yeah. Can you describe how? Finding people to trust to talk to, if you if you find those people, yeah, if um, big underline on if, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm trying to think. So you, I guys mean, have I know been I'm just trying to think. Yeah, each thing you, has been different. Um, do you constantly enter into a new environment, wondering what is going to be expected of you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so. What do you think? What do you think stereotypically is expected of us as pastors? Uh, sing and play the piano. Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. Do you, um, do you do either? I do both, but I don't. At I think that was a joke. Don't I don't think no. that I'm, either, I mean, kidding, but either church is expected. No, that. we just as a, as a yeah. whole we yeah. see yeah. It, growing it, like, up. I think that's what it was. Oh, your wife sings and plays the piano, and that's right. great. Yeah. It's changed now, but I think it's expected. I'm going to volunteer and just fill in the gaps. Right. I don't know so much at instead of different churches to where have it, expected different things. I felt like we whether we it was walk vocalized it, or not, mm-hmm. we walk into it thinking it's going to be expected. Yes, yes. right, yes. right. Like whether we, they say whether, that or not, yes. I feel so. That's you know, God forbid, if and God allow, we can go to a different church tomorrow. It's we're going to go into it thinking that's what's going to be expected yes. of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question I want to ask. So, like we, I've said this a lot, Andy that uh, a lot of times what we expect of our pastors is to have all of the spiritual gifts, right? And I mean, aside from like me and you, there's not a lot of people that have that many. <laughs> um, but that we're supposed to be like the best teacher, the best administrator. We're supposed to be so hospitable and empathetic and Counselor. fill in all of those, whatever those lists are that we can find in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. And, 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 and to spend, you know, 40 hours at the hospital. That's right. While also twenty hours in the office right. writing sermons right. and always being at the office available for counseling. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Um, and and so I wonder if uh, this is a great question for our wives because I wonder if you all feel also that you're supposed to have all of these <laughs> these spiritual gifts mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. rather than just mm-hmm. be gifted in the way that God has gifted y'all. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just like we were talking about earlier about we you know the constant hype right now is what's your enneagram number? Most pastors' wives feel like that you're supposed to be a two. Because that's the helpmate. That's the helper. And Gosh, I, I wish you were too. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, I'm kidding. And, and when I first I'm evaluated kidding. it, I guess, yeah, that's probably me. But then I read the book and learned more about each number mm-hmm. and figured out which one I really am. But it's because we feel like, um, you know, so often, and it's not just pastors' wives, but so often pastors' wives, when they say, okay, we have this need that needs to be met. Someone needs to cover this particular <laughs> position. And we sit there and we can only sit for 30 seconds. And we're like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah, yes. well, and, and I don't know about you, for me and a lot, of, especially early on, it was easier for me to look at Jody and go, "Can can you help? Sure. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Because I've got to have somebody in there that I can trust, yeah. Yeah. that I can mm-hmm. right, and 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 that's that's something maybe that that is one of our mm-hmm. flaws with the product. So I want to go back to the question I asked because I really you started to say something and then you got cut off. How did reality differ from expectation? Now that you're 12 sure. years in the ministry, how did it sure. how did it differ? Well, I, I think um, I think one of the mistakes that we made 
uh, was <laughs> there's multiple mistakes that we made. <laughs> we, we've um, all made but, plenty of mistakes. But, but uh, you know, heading into church planting, um, I, I don't think we we solidified our marriage the way it needed to be. Um, and, and, and honestly, like, I don't, I don't know if we were ever really discipled on what it means mm. one to be a Christian marriage, but two, to be a pastor's marriage, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, yeah. and I don't, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't want to lay that at the feet of seminary or, sure. or even, right. I don't think we knew even we at our that. associate pastor of education and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and to be I'm honest, we had no idea. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. right. And, and, and so, yeah. so, so, so we get into this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so, no, I don't want to. No, we, so we shared the story earlier. Time out, I'm sorry, it was false. We shared the story earlier uh, with uh, it may have been with Piper. I forget exactly who was outside with us. That you you're you telling her was it Reese mm-hmm. that you were our intern at one point in time, and I said, yeah, I taught your dad how to baptize people in a swimming oh gosh, pool. Yeah. I, when I taught him, Megan, how to do that, I had only baptized one person. <laughs> like, like right. I felt like I was just, I felt like I was just a little bit older of yes. a child than sure. he was. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like that's it. One step ahead. That's right. Right. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was it. I, I didn't have much more. So, like, when you talk about, that's what made me laugh. When you talk yeah. about coming in and, and not being mentored as far as what it meant to, to, to be a pastor's and sure. be a couple like mm-hmm. Jody and I. We we had no idea right. Right. what was in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it was terrifying, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and in so, some cases, still is. But even more so, that I feel like I need to I need to clarify to the listeners who are not familiar with Mysterial Life. Um, I feel like we stepped. We've never been in a position where we didn't already have an established church to support us. You guys yeah. went rogue, oh, and, and, and you guys stepped in. you did. You stepped in and you created um, yeah. an environment, and you had to go out and find a support. And you did so in an, like you weren't exactly. You went back to West Virginia, but it wasn't home. Yeah, right? yeah. and that's that's. I, I'm, I would assume I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm putting these words on you. So tell us how it, that's lonely. Yeah, talk sure. Talk to us about sure. church planting. What was that like? Well, I, I think I, I think that the difficult thing was that that I jumped in with both feet and 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 it put a lot of pressure on her because she felt and I'll, I mean I don't want to speak for you, but but she felt that um, that I was spending all of my time trying to get this church off the ground um, and that every relationship that she had had to had to somehow connect somehow, them to the church plan. I'm getting you into the church. Mm-hmm. It and, wasn't ever a so I'm you were find a friend. It was evangelizing. In the back of my mind, how am I going to get you to join our church because we need some people. Yeah. You know, yeah. which is not a good mindset right. to go no, but in I understand. Yeah. But the, because you're starting from our family. And then we had yeah. a couple other families. And you're like, okay, well, we need some more people. Yeah. So yeah. everything you do is to reach out and share the gospel. But in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, I want them to come to faith, but I also would like them to join the church. You know. So and, and being so disappointed when you meet a great family and they're like, oh, we already, oh, we already go, go to, to church. And you're just like, like oh, okay, well. Yeah. Uh, Yes. I'm gonna just not talk to you anymore because there's this other family who may not go to church anywhere. Yeah. How can so I get then, them in? So that needs to be addressed too. Like you guys never were able to just deeply root connect with a family to that, that could feed even if you right. weren't. Sure. Like no. sure. you know, meeting another church family and saying, Okay, it's okay that they go somewhere else, we just need friends. Right. Yeah. And we did I mean we had some families come along side of us in that place. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um but but I, I think the hardest thing, and, and I think this is true of any like new pastor, um, and this was, I, I think the best thing for me thinking about Megan and thinking about the kids. Uh, you know, one night, I came home. It was it, it was probably late. I don't remember, but just sitting at the dining room table, and uh, and Megan says, "It feels like you're married more to mm-hmm. the church than you are to me." Wow, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I mean, it, and it just, it broke me. Um, but it was, it was good because I have fought hard ever since then mm-hmm. to make sure that she knows that, that she's my bride 
and mm. and that that I love the church and I'm dedicated to the church and you know when there's a, that, that that 11 o'clock hospital visit like I'm you know I get dressed and I go <clears throat> but that I'm not you know if there's a chance to be out of the office by 4:30 to be home with her I take it right sure. like I'm not I'm not using the church to avoid her um, but church planning was hard I'm sorry, that's the thing about it church was, planning it was, it was all the time. So explain to listeners what that means. Like, so sure. you guys were commissioned, or did you go to the seminary and say we're interested in this? How that how right. that unfold? Right. So uh, near the end of our time at Southwestern, started sending resumes out looking for jobs, and uh, one of the ones that we were most excited about was a guy who had just planted a church in uh, just east of Seattle, and he was looking for a discipleship pastor. And he had flown down to, to DFW, and mm-hmm. we had done an interview. Um, we were actually setting things up for me to fly up there to take a look at the neighborhood. I mean, we were, it was uh, it's Snoqualmie, Washington, which is where a lot of mi- Microsoft executives live. Mm-hmm. So we were looking at with between Megan Reese and I uh, mm-hmm. getting a a two bedroom condo that was going to cost like like, like four hundred thousand dollars or something. <laughs> I think it was more. Was than, it more? I, like I think it was over five hundred thousand dollars for like an eight hundred square foot condo. Wow. Um, but we were in. Like we were going to raise money. We we were completely in. And then the the job description came back, and it was less discipleship and teacher training and more administrative mm-hmm. stuff because that's what he needed. I mean, we weren't upset. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's just not. We had built up what this position was, and that's not what it was. So we backed away from that, and we said, "God, what do you want from us in this?" And we really felt the call to church planting. So I took in those last two semesters, took a couple church planting classes. Thought that because I knew how to preach the Bible and how to study the Bible, and you know, just the arrogant idiocy of a twenty-five-year-old <laughs> who has a seminary degree. I thought I had all I needed, mm-hmm. and I got some rubber stamps from some people who said, "Yeah, sure, he's ready to go." And I, I was not. We were not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they ever are. Well, yeah, no. yeah. Um, but you know, but you know, coming out of the church plant, going to our church in New Mexico, um, that was a place of Sabbath rest for us, and and our marriage got healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of a lot of healing took place. Yeah. And I and, feel like we were in West Virginia for a purpose oh gosh, and yes. for a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We I mean, saw the, some the really lives good changed things. by the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We well, adopted our son. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like yeah. that was a huge thing. Yeah. We helped send off another church plant. We did, which is thriving. Thriving. Yep. And honestly, sent, in the sent conversation, a couple guys to seminary. Yeah, yeah. In the conversation of us going, I remember one of the guys saying, "We've been praying for a young couple." To come to West Virginia. And this is the hard part. I think we were there to get that young couple mm. there. Mm. Oh my goodness. Mm. That's big. So it wasn't a failure. Wow. That just wasn't the mm. couple that was supposed to be there for the long haul. Mm. Wow. I think it was Will and Amanda. Yeah. Mm. That's pretty big. So I, think, I think one of the things that's the hardest for us in the ministry is uh, is is what happened to Moses. Like I think about that a lot. How uh, or you could talk about David too. You know, like here's here's a man that has poured his life into this, you know, to building this nation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he takes them right to the edge of the promised land, and God says, "You can't go. Mm-hmm. It's someone else." Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I go, oh, like, yeah. please don't let me be Moses. I want to be Joshua, right? Right. Uh, but that's that's that, right? It's, it's but I'm seeing here. that and getting to the point of oh, that's powerful. Being able to realize that because I think in the beginning it was, what did we do wrong? Yeah. But mm. I still felt like we said yes when we right felt God calling us, and He, I really truly think He called us there for. That. Yeah. So I just finished reading um, Emily Freeman's The Next Right Thing, and I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing we get locked into just as humans is um, the next right thing must be success. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, yeah. and it, it, no, it can be a step right. towards something else. And mm-hmm. we, you guys were a, a, a phase in the plan of, 
of an right. enormous yeah. amount of people's progress, mm-hmm. you know, and you had to be in this place to make those pathways cross, right. and mm-hmm. and that's not not successful, right? Like mm-hmm. that's well, I think, but we we yeah. don't look at things yeah. look this way. We look right. at it with our just per, our picture. Right. We mm-hmm. we I think it's about reframing what success is. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we view success as. I'm going to go and plant a church, and, and within two years, we're going to be 10,000 right. people, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be, you know, speaking at Catalyst or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and and I think that we forget that maybe our view of success and God's view of success are two totally sure. different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 I mean, we, we, have to, we have to look at Mark Driscoll and Perry Noble and Darren Patrick as, I mean, those are warning signs that, you know, sometimes... Yeah. Sometimes your your competencies can yeah. outpace your character. That's right. And yeah, your your competency can create. I forget the, the way that it was worded, but the, your competency can create a platform that your character can't sustain. Which I think was Joel Gregory, who is another example. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, so how did you deal with? Because I think that's so. This, this is so helpful. And and how do you deal with the emotions as you guys prepare to leave? West Virginia, and you have that conversation. Our time here is done. How do you deal with the emotions surrounding that? Yeah, and this is where I, I I'm trying to be a better husband. Like I was just ready. I was okay. Uh, you're done. On, on to the next thing, you know. And uh, and I, I felt, you know, I, I was walking through some places where I felt betrayed and some things yeah. that, that I don't necessarily know. The more I think about it, I don't think it was betrayal, but just just some. Some deep disappointments, uh, and and uh, and yeah, I was just, mm-hmm. I was I was ready to go, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I know she was she was I mean look we we still lived close enough that we we got a free babysitter anytime we wanted because both both sets of mm-hmm. parents were were mm-hmm. not in the same city but but close enough, um, you know and and so there were a lot of things that Megan was worried about because we were moving. 28 hours away yeah. from home across mm-hmm. the country mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and if you think of not just going east to west but from north to south like you the mileage from hurricane west virginia to hatch new mexico is the same as going from los angeles to, to new york yeah i mean to to whatever part of the coast in north carolina you want to drive wow. to so mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, wow. we, we covered a lot of ground. And, um, so and, how know, did the Lord tell you that Hatch was where you were going next? Oh, it was so bizarre. I mean, it was it was uh, just, <laughs> you know, the, the Lord had, had brought some things into our lives to the point where, like, I was just sending resumes out. And, like, I wouldn't even look in where these places were. <laughs> yeah. I thought Hatch, I found Hatch through the Southern Baptist of Texas newspaper. So I thought it must be near Amarillo or Lubbock. Because uh, it's got to be near Texas to be in their paper. Well, it's near Texas, but it's near El Paso, right? So I mean, right. we're talking about like the borderland. And uh, so sent the resume out, got this really encouraging email back, um, and called Megan and said, "Hey, start looking up Hatch, New Mexico. <laughs> and, you know, and Hatch is known for the chili pepper that's yes. grown yeah. there. Um, and so." You know, we we didn't we didn't really know what to expect. There's not a lot on the internet about hatching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We and live in Union City, Tennessee. We get it. Yeah, yes. yeah. And and so we so we flew down to El Paso, and I remember as as the plane was coming down, Megan looks at me and she says, "This is not Fort Worth." <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely not. Oh, uh, and then make that drive, and of course, you know, being people who, you know, apart from our three and a half year stint in Fort Worth, we had always been on the East Coast. And like, I thought, I was like, this is the greatest thing in the world. The desert is amazing. Like, yeah, how, how beautiful sure. is this place? Um, and then we get there and, and we just, we fell in love with the people. Mm. Um, it was, it was, it was really good. And while we were there, I got a phone call from a church in Charleston, South Carolina, which would have been way closer to home, you know, would have been a, you know, a much more well-known city among Southern Baptists and, and, uh, but we just felt strongly that, you know, these people flew us out here, so we're going to give our attention to them. And I think that was the confirmation of the call, mm-hmm. to say no to something that's yeah. much closer to home, yeah. much, much much more relatable for us to, to hang out with people. I mean, you know, I mean, I was pastoring 
farmers and and ranchers and that, like team ropers and bull riders, like things that. It's not yeah. your past. Yeah, not yeah. so much yeah. going on in yeah. West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, and and so, uh, uh, but we we, I think we both. I, I think there was some trepidation because, you know, Hatch is a town that's. I mean, it's more than ninety five percent. I mean, you don't even say Latino there. You say Mexicano because they're they're all from Mexico, um, you know. And, and so it's just a completely different world. I mean, our right. our kids know what it's like to be a minority mm-hmm. because we we were a minority yeah. there. Right. Um, but we we just we felt the Lord was was sending us in that direction. I, you should. Speak so I think this. getting up to that point, I felt God telling us. We were done with the church plant earlier than Andy did. Yes. So I was just kind of waiting. I was Captain Ahab. So, I, had to, I had to either kill the whale or go down with the yeah. ship. So, so tell me about that because sometimes that's been our story too. That's almost you, always our story. Yeah. God almost always tells Jody before me. It was like honestly probably about a I'm year. And I don't know that I even said anything so because I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying, hey, I think we're done with this thing that you started you know what I mean anything at all not in the beginning but I think when it got closer we had a couple situations come up in the church and I was like I'm I'm tired I think we're supposed to be done and it still took him I think a couple extra months but it was like God was thing after thing like he was taking things away one after another like you need to listen it was it It was, was your second job what was it? The well, hours got cut, and then the insurance got cut, and he—it was like God was, "Hey, Andy, this is all going away. Like mm-hmm. I have something else for you. Yeah. You need to it was, listen." It was Elijah after Mount Carmel mm-hmm. when God said, "Okay, now get up and go," mm-hmm. and Elijah didn't get up and go, and so the crows stopped bringing food. The ravine dried up, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. like the Lord was taking things mm-hmm. away from Elijah yeah. to get him to go again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Now. You've moved from West Virginia <laughs> to New Mexico. Yes. And then back to Amarillo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you lived all over the country. Uh, one of the things that we talk a lot about here is, is family and, and mm-hmm. our kids. And, and sure. of course, one of the things we talked about when we moved to Union City was moving with our children and how they responded. How, how have your kids responded to moving now East Coast? You know, to the southwest and now back to the panhandle yeah. of Texas. How are they How are they dealing with that? How are you helping them? From West Virginia to New Mexico, really, I mean, oh gosh. missing the grandparents yeah. was the hardest thing. And honestly, he moved three months before I did because we were finishing up adoption right. stuff with Judd before we could even take him out of the state. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was back there by myself. For three months, and with our parents, I moved in for the last month. We took turns, so you know they got to really spend time with grandparents and all that. You know that last month there, so they definitely missed grandparents. Grandparents really had a hard time thinking, yeah. "Where are you going?" Right. Mm-hmm. And why? Mom, are if you're you listening, it's, it's time to forgive me. I know she has. <laughs> she has. She We've has. gotten closer, at yes, least. Yes, I know. That's what we tell like. We came eight hours closer. <laughs> Um, and friend-wise for the kids, I think they were young enough. There wasn't like a big attachment. I think they each had maybe one good friend. Yeah. Um, but moving from New Mexico well, to Tampa, Well, time out, time out. The worst I've ever felt as a father was dropping our oldest off for her first day of first grade. Oh, and she yeah. had to go to the cafeteria. And so we walked with her to the cafeteria. And they had, they had the classes all lined up. And so she walks to the end of the line, and she just looks at us like, like I, I'm going to die, right? Like, like no. she just, yeah. She doesn't um, like new things. It was, oh, I was heartbroken. Like mm-hmm. I was heartbroken. No. But they made some really good friends in New they Mexico. Did. And then, yeah. I mean, because they were older when we moved to Amarillo. So we definitely had some pushback and yeah. bitterness. Yeah. That honestly, I remember... I don't want to cry the whole time on here. Reese had, um, she's got little index cards that she has her little prayers written down on. And she put them on the top of her ceiling, and it was about a year after we were there. She said, Mom, look up at the top. And it was an answered prayer of, I like Amarillo. Mm. But it took her a year. Wow. 
Mm. And I think it's just being patient with them and letting them know you're okay to be upset. Yes. You're okay to be sad. You're okay to be angry. Like that's okay. But walking them through that and processing that with them and giving them their space to do that. Yeah. Like I think she needed to know this is okay. Yes. And we're not pushing this on you. Like we know this is new. You know, right. it's new for all of us. Right. I think she's been our hardest one. Yeah. Piper missed, you know, missed her friends too. But Reese was at that age, like, she actually had two yeah. or three really good friends yeah. that she was. Yeah. And it's helped. It's, it's, <laughs> it's helped. The opportunities in a city like Amarillo have helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having, having volleyball leagues, having, uh, you know, access to some things that we didn't have access yeah. to. When we're in New Mexico. Well, you made a has, significant has step mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of um, economic development. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Wow. And every once in a while, Judd will say, "I miss Hatch," and we're not really sure where that comes from. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um. So one of the things that I shared with you all before we got started, they're really kind of one of the driving forces behind this is to open up conversation to make it uh, okay for pastors to have these kind of conversations. I mean, Megan said it when we started out, like finding someone that you can talk about stuff with for real. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the stats that just breaks my heart every time is is about nine out of every ten of us that are in the ministry today will retire from something other than the ministry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just feel like as as people entrusted to shepherd God's congregation, um, when he calls us into the ministry, there's a desire for us to, to see that through and a desire in him for us to see that through. Yeah. Um, but so many of us are, are, are kind of falling out. I think one of the reasons we do is because we're not allowed to kind of, or we don't feel like we're allowed. We are allowed, but we don't feel like we're allowed right. to talk about it. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this as a, as a just a, as a, you know, another pastor's family. How do we stop it? How do we stop 9 out of 10? How do we make that number be better? What can we do to help the next generation be healthier than this generation? I think this here, I mean, like, being open of, hey, this is a struggle. This is hard. But I think the expectations put on pastors, I think people need to know it's too much. Right. Like, they're humans. They're not superhumans. Because I think when a pastor doesn't fulfill something or... Um, makes a mistake or you know whatever it is it's almost like they're so high on this pedestal right it's just it's too hard to stay up there like you guys are human no one looks at you guys as equal and I think going in to that of you know what I mean I'm called to be a pastor but I'm still a person in need of God's grace and you know I think expectations are too high. Yeah. Do you think the expectations, and I don't want to, uh, Emma, I thought, did it. Or maybe big, not too high, maybe yeah. too much. Maybe, like, you guys gave your list of everything you're supposed to do. That's too much. Yeah. You right. guys have families. Emma so. Emma said this in, in, when we interviewed her in the podcast. I'd be interested to hear from you, Megan. Like, I agree that there's pressures that are put on us by outside forces. Sometimes those are not expectations that are put on us intentionally. Mm-hmm. Just, does that make sense? I don't think there's any. I think there's very the, the people that are maliciously putting the expectations right. on us are very few. Right. Oh, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like we can also be. Emma was one that said this. We can also be our own worst enemy, mm-hmm. and that we can uh, we can put those expectations on ourselves mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think the biggest struggle is from outside or from inside with regard to those expectations? Oh gosh, maybe. Well, maybe for me inside. I figured I need to you might be have okay. different answers to that question. I need to be okay with saying no. And no matter what looks I get or what people say, that's okay. Right. Because first is my relationship with God, then it's me and Andy, and then it's my kids. Like, we got to make sure that's in order. Yeah. And if I'm saying yes to other things, then I'm saying no to them. Yeah. And that's, I think, sometimes where the the breakdown is, is we are, we're married to church more than we are to each other. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Andy? How do we help the next generation be healthier? I think part of what we experienced in New Mexico 
uh, in Southwest New Mexico, you go to church if you love Jesus. Mm. There's not a cultural expectation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think as, as America moves more toward, um, moves away from cultural Christianity, I, I think I think it's that's harder on pastors in the turn in, in the in the fact that our numbers are down and our sanctuaries aren't quite as full. Uh, but I think it will help our health because we'll be di- you know if people love Jesus, they tend to love their pastors even when they disagree mm. with them. Even, yeah. Even when when they they have questions about say that, them. Say that again. <laughs> that, well, that's a great statement. But 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 let's let's extrapolate that out. This is so good. When you said when people love Jesus, they tend to love their pastors. But I think yeah. we could make we could we could add to that or or maybe just change some wording out. When people love Jesus, they tend to show grace like they've been shown sure. grace. Yeah. Yes. And that so they don't just tend to love their pastors better. They yeah. tend to love everybody better. Mm-hmm. Grace getters are grace givers. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, that's so true. good. Big yeah. thing. He says that every week. Yeah, I may steal that <laughs> every single week. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So, but 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 I think so. so I, I think that's going to help. Um, I, I think too. I've been reading a lot of Eugene Peterson lately, and um, the the idea of of. I mean, he keeps coming back to prayer, and preaching. I mean, that's that that those are the. That, that's what we do, you yeah. know, and, 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 and he would include counseling with that. Um, but I think one of the best things for me, and, and I, I, I try to do a good job of this with my staff and, and even with my deacons and, and with our people, um, I need people asking me how my soul is. Right. And, and, yeah. if, and, if, Great and if I want that from them, then I need to give that to them. Mm-hmm. And so I always, whenever I sit down across the table from somebody... I try to make it my first question, but if not, I try to make it, you know, within the first five questions. Right. How is your soul? So you know, and and <clears throat> as Americans, we tend to gauge our soul on, well, you know, I need to do better with my Bible reading, yeah, that's right. and right. you know, and and and, and, and ultimately, it, it is, you know, are you satisfied in Jesus? Mm-hmm. Are you are you resting in? What the cross means? Are you hoping in what the resurrection means? And and I think if if we could help our people focus on that and help ourselves focus right. on that, right? Um, you know, we were talking off air about you know our vacations and uh, um, you know I I I don't worry about mm. everything, um, and I think part of it is because you know. That church plant almost killed me. I mean, like I, I really believe that, and 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 I came to realize that the church belongs to Jesus. Yeah, and uh, you know, if and 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 also, <clears throat> um, there are churches that are healthy and growing that meet under trees in Africa, mm, yeah. and and there are churches that are healthy and growing uh, that that meet in in basements. Where they whisper songs in countries that we shouldn't talk about on a podcast because we don't want to get anybody in trouble. Right. right. Um, and 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 I think that that, that reminder of um, a lot of the pressure that we feel we we, we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know. Every podcast by asking the, these questions of everybody. So uh, we'll do it and, and run through it real quick. We want to know from you all uh, two things: who is remarkable and what is remarkable to you right now. So what's going on in your life right now? That that person you say is just absolutely remarkable, and this is something I think is absolutely remarkable as well. What you got for us? Ladies first. Okay, my what is just straight up dark. Roast coffee. Dark roast coffee. Oh. There you go. I just like it. Okay. Our friends in Honduras would say it's just burned coffee. It is, but I love it. I love it. When we went um, on a trip, we had Turkish coffee, and it was so good. Yeah. It was the best thing ever. Okay. But if I can have a good, strong, dark roast coffee, yeah. that's my what. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, who is remarkable? My who this goes back, so Judd, we just celebrated his five-year um, 
adoption date. How about that? Adoption date, yeah. That's crazy. Um, June 27th. Wow. So I'm going to say birth moms because yeah. they don't get enough credit. Mm. I don't think they do. That's I think they day. get forgotten. Um, yeah. And overlooked. And they don't, I don't think they get the respect and um, sometimes the love and the care that they need. Mm. So I'm going to say that because that's a big thing to do. Yeah, it so. sure is. Wow. So, and that, yeah. So on the anniversary, I always think about, you know, right. what that must have been like. Wow. And I can't imagine. So grateful mm-hmm. and thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's her. such a, he's so full of life. He is very, <laughs> <laughs> very full of life. I love it. That is, I absolutely love that is it. That's for sure. He will smile about anything. I mean, he just loves life. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andrew, beat that, man. <laughs> there Good you go. grief. Yeah, she I set know. the bar high. That's right. I know. I know. I, I think, um, so what is remarkable and then who is remarkable? That's it. Um, I think what, since it's, it's we're, we're recording on July 4th. Yeah. Um, America, man. America. America. The Grand Canyon is, you know, remarkable. If 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 you want your if you want to fill your soul, yeah, go, go see the Grand Canyon. Hey, um, I want to go and hike down to the bottom and spend the night and hike back up. So so we have. Uh, I feel like my, they my, say that's dangerous. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think it's safe, but okay. my, I'm not certain I could do it. My good friend, <laughs> my good friend Bolton Saranjoji just did that. He went from one rim to the other and then came out. It took him three or four days. Yeah. But there's a pastor in North Carolina. I'm not going to say his name because you're not supposed to do this. But he's a part of a group that does it in 30 hours. Shut up. I'm not kidding. They start on the south rim. They don't take any supplies except for maybe like a Gatorade or something. A Gatorade. Yeah, or like the, uh, with the those pouches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of, yeah. yeah you know, I and they, they run from the south rim to the north rim. How many miles is that? Back up the south rim Mm-mm. in 30 hours. Yikes. Insanity. No. I feel like you need insanity. to train for that first. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you yeah. can't mention, is a, you can't mention who dude, because it's illegal? No, I cannot. Um, well, don't ask yeah. to mention this. Yeah. It's, it's not illegal. legal. It is not legal. If they catch you going in without supplies, they will pull you out. I don't think they'll arrest you, Yeah. but they'll pull you out. And they may kick you out of the park. And he's done this for like seven or eight years in a row with this group of guys. Dude. So you think about how stealthy you have to be to sneak in. Just not do how it. manly you have to be to do it in the first place. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Okay. Wave at the camera. All right. Yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, man. I mean, from the Grand yeah. Canyon to, you know, we, yeah. we were, uh, we just hiked one of our favorite mountains, Seneca Rocks in West Virginia. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. And to know it that you can go. It is a beautiful country. I agree. Uh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Who's remarkable? Um, who is remarkable? I, I'm going to give a shout out. I, I do love my wife. She wants Aww. me to say her. But uh, um, I, I was going to say uh, my buddies, uh, Will and Jeremy, who are, uh, Will's the guy that planted the church that Megan was talking about earlier. And uh, Jeremy is is uh, a guy that I discipled. Um, he He's become a good friend. He's become a confidant. He's... Mm. Uh, and and so he is now their campus pastor because they have a second campus. Sweet. And so, wow. uh, New Heights Church in yep. Milton and Taze Valley, West Virginia. It's in the area. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Uh, but those so guys great. are uh, uh, they're rock stars. And you know we were just talking about uh, just the joy of church planting this week, and uh, also the reminders of the difficulties. You know yeah. as they walk sure. through. You know I mean just the things you don't think about buildings. Uh, constitutions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by, I think, you know, Jeremy, you and I probably think about bylaws some, but we've yeah. never thought I've got to write this. Right. And yeah. so, um, that's right. Yeah. And, and so I'm just, I'm proud of those guys. And, that's and awesome. it, was, it was a joy to spend time with them this week. Good so. deal. Jay Powell. Are we doing what or who first? Whichever one you want to do. I don't care. You're, you're a winner. You can do what you want. Chicken dinner. Um, my what would be architecture in Europe. Um, but I guess to narrow it down, um, I was truly just fascinated with, um, with London. Um, you know, who was our tour guide that made the comment about if it's not a thousand years old, it's not, it's not new. James. James was <laughs> yeah. his name. Yeah, he was like, um, listen, if, if something's not a thousand years old here, we don't really even 
think about it as being old. That's fantastic. Oh, okay. Because okay. everything in America, yeah, is I mean, our country is is two hundred fifty years old. Yeah. And so that's remarkable in and of itself. But mm-hmm. you start thinking about how old some of that yeah. stuff is over there. Huh. So, um, Did you tell them we don't live on their schedule? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we were considered considered a rebellious kept, brat. They kept, so. they, kept, they kept calling us rebellious colonists. Yeah. Rebellious. So. Anyway. Um, and my who would be our delightful tour guide, Attila, uh, is it Gallus? Or Attila Gallus. Yeah. Um, he is a Hungarian. So this was kind of cool about the whole, like, an awareness of... So we've talked about state travel, but mm-hmm. for them it's country travel, which is the same as state travel in terms of... <laughs> distance. Distance. Mm-hmm. Um, it is hard to cross borders there, though. Like, we were like, do not, do not take pictures. Every time we cross the border, it was a big deal. Like, don't take pictures. Um, but Attila is Hungarian, but has worked for this company for 11 years that's really, I guess, based out of London and Paris. Yeah, and so he'd go home and then come back. And um, he did a fantastic job of connecting with all ages. And he did a great job of feeding the history nerd of this castle was built, you know. And, um, and I feel like if we were to take the girls back, I couldn't do it without a tour guide. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, so, like, we have this one set, it's one castle with two brothers, and if you're just kind of driving by, it's two castles, they're beautiful, but there's a wall built in between them that you just, you would miss, and it's hmm. there because one of the brothers went away to war or to something, and while he was gone, the other brother took his girlfriend and married her, and so he built the wall because he didn't want to look at him. He was mad. So but they still stayed in the castle. Yeah, they stayed in the castle near each other, but he's like, I don't even want to, I don't even want to look at you, your castle. And so he built this wall. So like, you know, you walk into any house, like this house is 40 years old and you look in it and you're like, some family had fun in that living room and watched TV shows together and all this, there's history here, but like stuff like that, you just, that, I yeah. love that. Like what, mm-hmm. what happened in these streets and what happened yeah, in this? Right. I would be willing to try to do it without a, a tour guide though, because I felt like there was time constraints in places but we love Attila. We love Attila. There, there are things like we were 20 minutes away from the castle that inspired Walt Disney to, to do Cinderella's oh, yeah. castle. But we couldn't go see it because it wasn't a part of our tour. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, like, it's like right over that hill, you know. And then, like, we ate lunch at a gas station in Milan, Italy, mm-hmm. home of, like, the world's second yeah. largest cathedral. And, and we couldn't go into town to see yeah. it because it wasn't a part of our tour. And those are the things. That's that still like, probably the best chicken parm you've ever had. No, Italian stuff. food stunk on this trip, and we were so disappointed. It's not the not a shout. The Italians do great food. We, we ate at two gas two gas stations in a hotel, and the hotel gave us barbie like a uh, baked chicken and mashed potatoes. So you need a personalized tour guide to where here's what we're gonna do, but. Let me add in some stuff. Oh, right, man. right. Yeah, you terrible. park over there while we go yeah. in. Mall. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you, who your... is Attila? My, I got to do my what, right? What is your what? So, Jody and I, she's talking a lot about Europe. We spent last week, actually the last 10 days, we got back just a couple days ago in Europe. And, uh, and the place that we went that was absolutely stunning was Lucerne, Switzerland. Mm. Uh, Lake Lucerne is this, this color blue that's just spectacular. Mm. Uh, it's too clean. We met a guy, and he told us that that he's a fisherman, and he was like, the lake is almost too clean. The fish don't thrive in it, uh, but it's just glacier fed, glacier fed lake, and uh, and this little cute little city right in the middle of it. Um, huge mountains all around it, just absolutely beautiful. Um, I'd love to go back and spend a couple days there, but everything now the negative side is. Switzerland is not a part of um, the European. Oh, what's it called? Uh, the whatever. The, so they don't use euros or anything like that. So you they're Swiss, neutral always. They use Swiss francs. <laughs> so you you can buy stuff with euros, but they give you your change back in francs, and everything is astronomically expensive. Man. But it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Just astronomically. Anyway, and then my who is remarkable. It's also from our trip to Europe. Uh, any travel agent that's where they're <laughs> sold, right? Ours was phenomenal. Uh, we lost luggage on the trip, or we didn't. The, 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 some airline that will go Schmelta. nameless, but its, it's initials are Schmelta. Uh, Schmelta Airline lost uh, five of our bags. Two of them we didn't get back to. Well, one of them we got back when we got back to the States. The other one we still don't know where it is. Um, and uh, 
In, in addition to that, we had at one point we had to, one of our girls got dehydrated. We had to call paramedics, and and so I'm on the phone with her, and I talked to her almost every day we were there, including when we landed in Atlanta. We had been delayed leaving Paris, and we got delayed on the tarmac in Atlanta, and our flight left at seven. And at 5.45, I still have to go through with 12 people, immigration, customs, get my bags, recheck my bags, and get to the other gate. And I'm going, I've got an hour and 15 minutes. I don't know this is going to happen. And so she's on the phone with the airlines trying to get us on other flights. And what is, I'm just, I can do my best and get to the gate. Like, I'm just going to hustle. But she's working it over on her end, and, and we couldn't have done it without oh, her. Yeah. She she was phenomenal. You can say her name. She needs a shout-out. Yeah, Miss Marilyn. Yeah. Marilyn Ross here yeah. at Journeys Unlimited Travel. There you go. Union City, you Tennessee. <laughs> um, hey, well, D-Hearts, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for being willing to come and stop by Union City, Tennessee. And, and, You're uh, our and second spend... couple. Yay! That's right. Yay. Um, honored. And, uh, and so if anybody, if anybody wanted to say chat with you or find you do you have social media or anything like that that you you don't know maybe an email address or something instagram Andy dhart one i'm on facebook uh i killed twitter for my soul so. yeah no absolutely <laughs> um, i feel you and uh yeah email andy at paramount.org there you go there you go all right you can get megan through andy Yes, yeah. there you go. Uh, That's perfect. What I'm Andy D. Hart one on Instagram. Yeah. He's on Facebook, mm-hmm. and then it was Andy at Paramount. Yeah. org. org. Okay, if you mm-hmm. want to reach out to Jody and I, uh, we're pretty easy to find. I'm on Instagram at Powell Jeremy. Jody is. Uh, now I am chasing the wild goose twenty. Okay, chasing the wild goose twenty. I'm on Facebook Jeremy dot Powell dot eighteen hundred. Jody, Jody is dot Powell dot. Five. And if you want to email me, I'm Jeremy at crosswindchurch.net. And Jody is? JGAP, like JGAP, 20 at gmail.com. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time.